All right, if you would, open your Bible to a couple different verses. We're going to start in Psalms 133.1. And then also open them to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. <clears throat> if you would, go ahead and stand if you're able to stand for the reading of the Word. Okay, in Psalms 133.1, now, part of this, I'm only going to read a portion of the verse, but you know where it's found. So, okay, Psalm 133, 1. Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So, right here, as we start off, the Bible's talking about how pleasant it is, how good it is for us to dwell together in unity. Now, it says brethren. That's basically all of us. We're all together here in this. And... If you've, uh, I don't know of anyone in here that's got any odd against anyone else or anything like that, but this is what God told me to, to talk about tonight. So, um, <clears throat> then we'll turn on over to Ephesians 4, 1 through 4. This will be pretty much our text for tonight. Okay? Uh, the Bible says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring <clears throat> excuse me, to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Okay? Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this uh, group of people to come out tonight. Lord, just pray that you would uh, uh, calm my nerves, give me clarity of mind to uh, speak what you've given me to speak tonight, Lord. I just pray that you would help us to have that unity that you speak of in our church and among our uh, congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, you may be seated, or you can go ahead and continue standing if you like. Um, just throwing that out there. Okay, <clears throat> as we get started, at the very last part of verse 4, or the very part of verse 4, endeavoring to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. How do we do that? We've got to endeavor to keep that. In order for us to have the unity of spirit, we have to have the bond of peace. What's peace mean? It means we've got to get along, right? It means I have to get along with Brother Cole, and he kind of has to get along with me, and, you know, you know, all around the room here. We've got to get along with each other peaceably, right? That's what the Bible said there. In order for us to have, we've got to have that bond of peace in order to have that unity of spirit. So, as we're looking at that, how do we make that happen? How does that happen in our life? How do we, how do we accomplish that? And so as we look through here, uh, we've got to get along with each other. Not just here at church, but we've got to get along with our siblings. Um, I have the privilege right now of getting to see some of my grandchildren growing up together. And I just say it's not always peaceful. Okay? It's not always peaceful, right? Anyway. Um, and so, uh, when you think about some of that, and think about the application for some of this as we're talking tonight, parents to children, is it always peaceable? Is it always peaceable there um, among each other as we talk in church, as we meet together? And the siblings, is it always peaceful there? So as we think about these things, as we get into it, I want you to think about that. Just keep that in your mind. Um, God has given us some helpful tips in His Word 
on how to, <clears throat> how to do this. We're going to take a look at a few of those. Now, um, we had a, a theme for last year, uh, Be Doers. And when we had that theme, we put up posters around the lobby, around the, uh, as you come in the vestibule and come around there, and you see those posters. Each one of those has a, has a trait or an action that we should be doing as Christians to basically build this spirit of this uh, bond of peace and this unity. Okay, so we're going to talk about each one of those. Another thing that I'd like to, for you to think about as I'm going through these, think about uh, the acrostic for joy. Um, a lot of you have heard this, joy, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. If you keep that in mind as we're going through on each one of these traits, if you will, that we're going to talk about, if you keep that in mind, where do I fit in there? Now, right now, since I'm talking for myself, I fit down there at the bottom, myself at the bottom. Where's Jesus fit for all of us? He's up here at the top. Now, for all of you that are out there, you're second place for me, but I'm second place for you, right? So we all fit in that, we all fit in that joy equation. How are you going to have joy in your life? How are you going to have joy in your Christian walk? If you allow Jesus to be first in your life, that has to happen every single day. You have to make Jesus first in your life each day uh, through your prayer and your devotion, your Bible study and things like that. God has to be made first in your life. <clears throat> Everything that you do in life, even driving down the road and going shopping, doing all the things that we do every day, God needs to be first. Secondly, Others need to be a little higher than ourselves, right? Because we're down there at the bottom, ourselves last. The Bible talks about how we are to die to self and we're to allow God to work in our life, okay? So the first one that we're going to talk about is admonish. I notice when I look at my notes down here, it gets really loud. So anyway, admonish. Okay, the first one we're going to look at is admonish. Uh, admonish means to warn or reprimand someone firmly. You're going to tell someone about something that should be avoided. You're going to warn them. You're going to say, you know, you better watch out. You shouldn't do that. Don't get involved with that. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. Uh, a lot of times our pastor and our Sunday school teachers, they spend each, each one of their messages admonishing us to do something or to not do something. Uh, <clears throat> admonishing us uh, when they give a lesson or when they preach. Um, the example that I looked up for definition of admonish, the example actually says, he admonished the people against the evil of such practices. Now, Brother Andrew, do you do that in your teen class a lot of times? Do you admonish these young people to stay away from things that are going to harm them? Um, I know a lot of you, your brother John, when you uh, do on the uh, on Friday night when you're speaking to to that group, you admonish them to stay away from certain things and to do certain things, right? And so that's what we need to do as we live our lives and as we look at uh, how do we admonish people. Turn in your Bibles to Colossians three sixteen. Colossians three sixteen.
Bible tells us a little bit how to admonish people, how we, how we can do that. <clears throat> Bible says, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, as I read across that, when I sing, it's usually probably not going to be taken as, as an admonishment. It's probably going to be like holding your ears and that doesn't sound too good. It'll be like, please stop, please stop, okay? So, but anyway, to admonish people. What's this mean? You know, I talked about the pastor. I talked about Sunday school teachers and actually what they do when they're up here teaching or preaching. Uh, they're admonishing us to, to not do something. How does that look for us on our everyday life when we're out and about and we're talking to fellow Christians and we're talking to other people that we go to church with and, and all that? How can we admonish each other as we're going through our regular life? Or even when we come to church and we're just standing around in the, in the, uh, out around the information desk and talking or after church when we're, when we're talking and things like that. You know, there's times there that we can't admonish people. We can encourage them and admonish each other to do things that we should be doing or to not do things that we shouldn't be doing. <clears throat> okay? So, it doesn't matter who you are in here, whether you're a parent, whether you're a child. Well, most everybody in here is a child or has been a child. Uh, your siblings... Uh, how can you admonish your siblings? How can you just think about that? All right. The next one that we're going to look at is love. Love. And basically the definition of love is a strong feeling of affection and concern towards another person. That concern towards another person is what I want to focus on and what we're looking at. You've got, you love someone enough that you're concerned about their life. You're concerned about what's going on in their life. You're concerned about the issues that they're having. We just went through and had, had prayer for a number of people on our prayer, prayer uh, list. That's because we are concerned about those people and what's going on in their life. Okay? <clears throat> so as we look at that, uh, this also arises from a kinship or a close friendship. How many of you in here have a close friend? Are your close friends here in church? You don't have one? <laughs> okay. Um, if you have a close friend, that kinship, there should be a love. There should be a concern about what's going on in that individual's life. If something's, something's bad's going on, whether it's health or whether it's some other issues going on, <coughs> you know, they've had an accident or something like that, we should be concerned about them enough that we love them and we show that love to them. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15 and verse 17. John 15 and 17. The Bible says, These things I command you that ye love one another. Okay? Anybody in here read all four Gospels and happened to notice that all four Gospels have something to say about loving your neighbor. All four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all four say the same thing, that we are, as a commandment, that we're to love one another, we're to love our neighbor. 
right? Some neighbors are hard to love. Meaning, just people in general. Some are difficult to love. Does the Bible say that we're not to love those that are difficult to love? No, it doesn't. It says we're supposed to love our neighbor. That's what we're commanded to do. We're not commanded or we're not even given the choice of, I can love this one, but not this one. We're not given that choice. We are told to love our neighbors. Remember the acrostic that I spoke of earlier, joy. For love is selflessness, not selfishness. When you take self out of the picture and you want to show someone that you love them and you care about them, you're concerned about them, you spend time with them, you may spend some time comforting them, you may, um, you know, for me, if you want... If you want to help me out, comfort me, just buy me stuff. You know, that's fine. That's good. I'd go for that. Well, but <clears throat> well, then I have to do it. Then I'd have just have to give it away because of the... Anyway, okay. Uh, what's this look like every day? Do we, do we hurry up to get in line in front of someone at the grocery store, that, you know, push my little cart there and getting ready to get out? Do I hurry up and get in front of someone? Or do I have a concern for them and to be a testimony to them or do I hurry up and get in front of them? Um, do I, you know, basically, do I say or do things that would hurt an individual? You know, uh, a lot of us have problems. Well, well, me anyway. A lot of us have problems and issues. Um, sometimes when we get close to someone, we know what those problems are. And sometimes if we're not feeling real spiritual we may slip up and say something that's going to hurt that individual instead of loving them and having that concern and being careful about what's being said. <clears throat> okay? So let's go on to the next one. Exhort. Exhort. That means to incite by words or advice, to encourage or urge to do a good deed. Okay? So a while back... Uh, when President Trump was giving his speech, the, uh, there were some people said that he incited the mobs to go cause trouble at the, at the uh, inauguration and all that stuff. Okay, he was, they were thinking that he was inciting, he was encouraging that mob to do that. Here at church, we are incited to do right, exhorted, or we are challenged and encouraged a whole lot of different things that fit that, okay? Exhort is one that the Bible uses in Hebrews 10.25, if you want to turn there. Hebrews 10.25. All right, Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. Okay? Basically encourage people to be at church. You know, um, Someone's missing. You know, I talked to John a little bit before church. Mentioned to him that I missed him this weekend. Missed him, missed him here at church. They were traveling. Glad they made it back. And, uh, you know, just an encouragement or inciting of, hey, do things right. I like seeing you here. Okay? Um, who, <clears throat> whoa, who and how have you exhorted someone? Think about that with, with the word joy in mind there, how have you encouraged someone um, to do good? 
have you encouraged someone today? Did you urge someone to do right today? School started for a lot of young people. Any young people in school now? Yeah, a lot of people are. Okay. Has any parents incited or exhorted their children to learn? Have you encouraged them to learn? Sometimes that encouragement gets a little scary sometimes what have to do to encourage that, right? Okay, Uh, the next one is prefer, prefer. It means to regard more than another, to honor or esteem above another. So basically, just like we talked about with that acrostic there, remember that. If I'm going to, others are going to be first ahead of me, I'm going to be thinking about them and what I can do to encourage them and exhort them. <clears throat> More so, I'm going to prefer, prefer them. Okay, Romans 10 or 12.10. If you want to turn to Romans 12.10, we'll look at the prefer portion. <clears throat> be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Now, this isn't really like, um, you know, I like you more than I like you, or like you more than I like you, or, you know, I like Emily better than I like Lydia. It's not like that. It's not something like that. It's not like that. It's not like that kind of prefer. It's, I prefer someone over myself. It means I'm a servant, or I'm giving to them, or helping them if I can, okay? All right. Um, <clears throat> How many of you, um, you know, find yourself in a hurry sometimes and you just run on through a door without pausing to think, you know, I just cut someone off. I should have opened that door and let them in first. I should have helped them in. I should have preferred that person. Uh, Did you offer someone your seat? You prefer them. You allow them, you know, here's a, if need be, here's a place to sit. Here, you sit down, I'll stand up. You prefer someone else over yourself. Um, did you let your sibling have the bigger piece of cake? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think of those examples might be. I'll tell a little bit of a story on myself. Um, a time when I did not prefer others over myself. And um, <clears throat> there was a time when it was time to eat supper. And uh, mom had made some... Mm, a dish that we really didn't know what it was quite, but she made it, got it all ready, and there was bowls set out for the five of us. And one bowl, whoa, one bowl had more in it than the others. I'm the oldest. I ought to get the biggest one, right? I get the most, right? So I grab it. After that first bite, I really had wished that I had preferred someone else. It was split pea soup. I don't know if you've ever had split pea soup. It didn't have a whole lot of seasoning. I'm telling you, it's not my favorite. Just leave it there. It's not my favorite, all right? And so thinking back, well, I wish I'd have known this then. I wouldn't have had, you know, somebody else would have got that big bowl, all right? And so uh, prefer someone else other other than you, okay? The next one is edify. Edify. It's a building up in a moral and religious sense. 
It's instruction, improvement and progress of the mind in knowledge and morals or in faith and holiness. It's building someone up, encouraging them. All these are kind of very similar. It's telling them how or what they need, or not telling them what they need to do, but kind of encouraging them on a way to do what they need to do. Uh, turning your Bibles to Ephesians 4.29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Okay? As a Christian friend, I, got, I wrote down here, as a good Christian friend, not just a Christian friend, but as a good Christian friend, when you are hanging out, just talking, just having a general conversation with someone, is your conversation negative or is it edifying? Is it building up? Does it help? Is it encouraging or is it tearing down? Is it uh, destroying? You know, Pastor talked the last Sunday night about gossip and um, that was the main topic of his message was gossiping and how bad it is and how we need to not do that. <clears throat> So with that, along with the, uh, the edifying, building someone up, if you're gossiping, it's not building someone up. It's actually tearing someone down. And he mentioned it's hurting three people when he, he talked about that. So it um, goes right along with that. Um, it's sometimes very easy, very, it's a whole lot easier to gripe and complain about something's not going right than it is to talk about something going, going right, going good, okay? At least it is for me. I don't know about you all, okay? Um, when this happens, when there's something negative going on, some talk like that, what do you do? You know, as a Christian wanting to, wanting to keep this unity and this uh, bond of peace, where do you stand? What do you do during that time when the kind of talk's going on? Are you edifying? And building someone up. The next one is serve. Serve means to work for, uh, to bestow the labor of body and mind in the employment of another. Basically, we know what an employer is. We know what an employee is. It serves uh, the master, serves the employer, and we know what that means. But here at church, what's it mean to serve? We have a lot of servants here. We have a lot of people that are serving, a lot of people that are doing things um, to serve in church to actually you know, keep the church going, keep things going the way we need to. We got a lot of, we got a lot of bus routes. We got bus drivers, bus captains. We got workers on the buses. We've got Sunday school. We've got junior church, primary church, all that stuff. We got nursery workers. Uh, we've got a lot of servants. We've got... <clears throat> Probably one of my favorites is uh, Brother Rick and the breakfast for the men. You know, he's a servant there making breakfast for me, you know. It's good stuff, right? Right, John? It's good stuff. And so uh, I really like that, um, as you can tell. Anyway, all right, uh, turn to Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13. We'll read the verse that goes along with serve. It says, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty... Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Okay? We're going to serve one another. 
By love, we're going to serve one another. Um, <clears throat> remember the acrostic that I mentioned, joy. One way to have that joy is to put others first and to serve them and do things for them. Uh, a lot of times during the Christmas season or whatever, you hear that it's better, give to, better to give than to receive. Uh, you know, so it's like, okay, I'm giving this. makes me feel better that I'm giving than receiving. That's kind of where that came from. Yeah, kind of where that goes, okay? Um, Pastor mentioned Sunday that we need more to serve in the various church ministries. Ask yourself, what is keeping you from serving? If you're, if you're not serving, what's keeping you from doing it? Okay, Where can you be used? Where can you be a servant to help with this bond of peace and the unity? Okay, uh, The next one there is pray. Next one is pray. Pray means to ask earnestly, ask for a favor or for something desirable to entreat or to supplicate. We hear a lot about we hear a lot of preaching about praying, and we we kind of have an idea what praying means. We just did some a few minutes ago. We prayed for uh, the prayer list. <clears throat> When you're praying, you're asking God for something, just like we did, just like we prayed for. Um, a number of people were sick, a number of people we asked prayer for our country, we asked prayer for leadership, some things like that. All right, go to James 5.16. I got that verse here for prayer. It says, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Okay? <clears throat> Do you have one of the prayer lists? Uh, we've got some prayer lists out there. They're broken out in the various days so you can pray for other people in the church. Do you have one of those? Do you use that? Do you take the prayer list home that we get on Wednesday nights? Do you take that home and use that to pray for other people in our church? I started thinking about what to pray for and who to pray for and all that kind of stuff. and Just some things came to mind. Uh, if you need some more of those, you can get those at the prayer at the information desk, those prayer lists and stuff. Uh, are you praying regularly each day? Do you pray every day? Are you praying for our church? Are you praying for our church? Andrew mentioned when he was praying that there's some really wicked stuff going on in this world right now. We need to be praying for each other. We need to lift each other up. Um, some scary stuff out there right now. Uh, Andrew has some, his family is still in the military. And there's some scary stuff going on right now. And, um, you know, I've heard reports about some things over in Afghanistan that some uh, Christians over there that have been martyred already. And there's people stuck over there that can't get out, can't get home, can't get... And we need to pray for that. We need to pray for our country. Um, we need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for the safety of the believers around the world. Uh, we need to pray for the power of God to work in our services. We've had a lot of visitors lately. A lot of visitors on Sunday. Uh, quite a few. And it's great to see all the new faces and everything. 
but we need to pray that God would work in those services. <clears throat> we need to pray for the salvation of our family members. How many of you have family members that you don't know that they're saved? Quite a few of us. Okay? Um, we need to pray for them. We need to be praying for them daily so that God can send someone by. Or um, how about your friend's needs? Anybody in here have any friends? I hope, I hope some people I know are my friends, right? Jill's got a friend. Okay, I hope so. What about your friend's needs? Do you know your friend well enough to know what your friend needs? Do you know what they need? Do you know what they are um, struggling with? That they may need some help with prayer and <clears throat> maybe just someone to talk to to get them through that. Okay, uh, Pray for the safety of our military. I just kind of mentioned that already, but uh, you guys can make your own list. Fill in the extra blanks towards the end there. Just put whatever. There's a whole lot of things that we can pray for every day. The next one here is fellowship. Fellowship. That's companionship, uh, consortium, uh, mutual association of persons on equal or friendly terms. Even if you just act like you look, act like you like somebody, it's kind of like fellowship. We're going to have some fellowship together. Now we are Baptists, so every time we have to have fellowship, we have to have food, right? That's part of it, right? So when we have to have fellowship. We've got to have food. So uh, that's just part of it. Uh, take a look in your Bibles of First John one seven. But if you walk in the light, as He is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. You need fellowship. I'll say it again. You need fellowship. You can't, you know, if you're out there on your, on your own, you're kind of a, a hermit or whatever, out there on your own, uh, it's not good. You need fellowship. Last few weeks, a lot of times on Sunday evening, there's, you know, if you go by Freddy's after church on Sunday night, you're going to find a bunch of crazy people in there talking about God, talking about church, and laughing at each other. It's not a commercial for Freddy's. It's a commercial for, if you need somewhere to go to fellowship Sunday night after church, find out where everybody's going to hang out for a few minutes. Um, you need fellowship. I can't stress that enough. Uh, especially in this day and age where with, the, uh, with all the things that have been going on and seclusion of everyone and the quarantine stuff and everything like that, keeping people uh, separated from people is not a good thing. We are a social group. We are a people that need fellowship, okay? Uh, let's see here. We have a lot of different uh, things that we do around the church here for fellowship. We have men's prayer meeting. I talked about that earlier. Once again, it's a breakfast, so there's food. Um, we have uh, the senior luncheon. Once again, it's a luncheon, so there's food. Um, you know, the meeting together at Freddy's, there's food. Um, the only thing I don't know is on your ladies, when you have lift, do you guys have any food? No? Oh, man, you need to change that. Uh, that needs to be changed. Anyway. All right, so we've got a lot of things for fellowship, for you to get together with others that are 
You know, I heard it said one time, fellowship just means two fellows in the same ship. You know, we're in this together, okay? All right? There's a lot of different opportunities for joining for fellowship. Okay? Oh, the next one there. <clears throat> How am I doing on time? Doing okay? Okay, good. Uh, if I'm too short, I may have to start over and just... Okay. All right. The next one is bear. Bear. We're going to bear each other's burden. To support or sustain, sustain as to bear a weight or a burden. Uh, Galatians 6.2. If you're taking notes, I want the verse for it. Galatians 6.2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. When I first started thinking about this, I saw a video one time of a barn sitting in this field, and all of a sudden... The barn was picked up off the ground, and you see these little legs underneath it, all moving, and they moved this barn down the road and set it in another field. It was a bunch of Amish, uh, or Mennonites, they were all dressed like that. I don't know which one it was, but you looked underneath there, and there were legs all around that whole thing, and they picked it up, and that whole barn was moving and turned and set in another place. They were all bearing that burden. It took all of them to carry that barn, to carry that weight. Okay? So when we have problems, when, we have, when you have a barn to move, I have to call everybody, um, we'll see if we can move it. <clears throat> anyway, the idea here is that we're going to help someone through their problems, through their trials, through their, their struggles that they're going to have. We're going to help them bear that burden. Start with your close friends. You already told me you had friends. Even Jill has friends. You told me you had friends. Ask how that you can pray for them. Have you asked your friends, hey, what's going on in your life? How can I pray for you? I'm guilty. I haven't. I haven't done that like I should. Ask your friends, how can I pray for you? What's going on in your life that I need to help or I can pray for you with? And that burden, I can help bear that burden. Uh, Find out the burdens and how you can help them or how you can pray for them. Be able to exhort and to help bear their burdens. Okay? Then the last one here is consider. Consider. That means to fix the mind on it with a view of careful examination. To think on with care, to ponder, to study, to meditate on. That means that you're, you're totally consumed, your thought. When you're thinking about that, your thought process is totally consumed with that. And <clears throat> Hebrews 10:24 is the verse for that. And let us consider one another to provide, or I'm sorry, to provoke unto love and good works. Okay, we're to consider each other, and because the word consider is so strong in what kind of word it is, we're to actually really think about how we can provoke someone to love and good works. How can we encourage someone uh, to live a Christian life, to do what they're supposed to do? Just like Brother Mike when he gets up here and has a track thing and asks us if we all do that. You know, he's trying to provoke us unto good works. He's trying to provoke us to do things right. Even though it makes us a little embarrassed if you don't get to raise your hand, you know. Um, you know, he's trying to provoke us, trying to urge us to do that. So, uh, 
This one is closely related to love and prefer. We must really think about how we should accomplish the provoking to love and good works. Think about how you can be a blessing to someone. How can you encourage someone? Now, I know our church is really good. We know, like, uh, when there's a, a funeral or uh, something going on, like uh, Chrissy's getting ready to go in for surgery, and so I know that there's been some meals prepared, taken over there to, to kind of help with, right? Were they good? All of them or some of them? Oh, all of them are good? Okay, all right. And so I know there's been meals prepared to kind of help out her through this time. That's one way we can do this. It's one way we can uh, provoke unto love and good works, okay? Uh, <clears throat> so just things like that. What can you do to help someone through a time, through a rough time that they're having? Okay? Like I said, it, you know, these are all around the lobby out there. If they seem familiar, hey, I saw that somewhere. That's where it was, okay? So if you want, take a look at the pictures, right? There's a lot of times that we don't know what someone is going through. We don't have any idea. Um, we don't know what they're, what they're working on at home. We don't know what they're going through at home. We don't know what they're going through at work. Uh, we don't know if they're having a great week, if they're having a poor week. We don't know um, unless we ask. And part of this unity thing is to understand each other and to be able to help each other and come together and just uh, be able to support each other. And uh, even more now with our world as messed up as it is right now, it's even more important. Okay? <clears throat> if we strive to do these things, we may be the one who makes a real difference in someone's life. So I ask that you uh, bow your heads, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to <clears throat> to present what you have given to me. I pray now, Lord, as we uh, continue. Lord, I don't know how to uh, to say it as far as whether or not if anybody's uh, 